Welcome all to the Saints and Savages podcast. This is episode two. I'm Mike, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by my co- other co-hosts, Brian and Blake. You guys want to introduce yourselves real quick? Sure thing. Yeah, uh, well, my name is Brian. I introduced myself last time, so please go back and watch the first podcast. Some great information on there. Glad you guys are here today. Uh, we've got a great episode for you. All right. And we also got Blake here. Hello. Sorry I wasn't here for the first one. Uh, I'm a professional GM by day. By night, professional GM, because we don't sleep. Uh, looking forward to be part of this podcast to help talk about politics, religion, philosophy, and uh, be savagely insulting each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think a couple of people had a couple of questions about the podcast and especially about our name, Saints and Savages. Yep. <clears throat> um, good questions all around. I think a little explanation is in order. Um, we've, we've all been friends for quite a while. Um, including Kyle, who's not with us today, unfortunately. But um, I think he said he's looking for his soul. I think so. Yeah. He is a ginger. For those of you who have uh, <laughs> who who have have haven't watched episode one, <laughs> a futile quest for a ginger. Exactly. On. Exactly. So uh, saints and savages. So saints comes from the terminology that we're actually uh, all members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, yep. and. You know, we consider ourselves as uh, saints, not in the typical, you know, Roman Catholic way as, you know, super holy people, but mm-hmm. um, just, you know, good around all general people that, you know, try to do good in the world. And, you know, we're just trying to make the world a better place and, you know, worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. Yep. Uh, we, I think we wrestled around too with different names. Uh, we might talk about that later on in the future, but uh we eventually settled on a name that we all pretty much agreed with uh, and that I think fit towards each one of our personalities and kind of uh, the duality of what it is that we like to talk about anyway of uh, being, a, being you know, good and bad. Um, we know that during this podcast uh, that there's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to have to say. There's going to be stuff we're going to be nice about. There's going to be stuff that we're not going to be so nice about. And uh, just so you guys know, again, yeah, like, you know, Mike said, we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. In no way does that make us saints, and in no way does that make us perfect. Um, I myself, uh, I try not to, but I, I, I cuss every once in a while, you know. It happens, mm-hmm. and especially when you're in a car, you get a little bit of road rage. Or exactly. or Google puts you on a toll for the hundredth time this month after <laughs> I've specifically told it not to put me in a toll. Yep. Anyway, that's another rant. But, yeah. um yeah, so uh, the, the the purpose of the podcast, the name of the podcast, uh, that's come up with, uh, with a few people uh, in my family, with Kyle's friends. Uh, I know, Mike, uh, you've been asked that question before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that, the, the meaning of the name, uh, mostly from, from our beliefs in, in the church and also the duality of man as it is. So, Yeah, yeah and I think also, you know, the savagest part of it is, you know, the, the natural man in, in all of us, right? We all... We all, you know, have have those primal instincts in us, and you know, we're always trying to sometimes be selfish and you know, just be all about you know ourselves and stuff. And I think that's completely normal. Um, and obviously, we're trying to work on that uh, each and every day. And I think uh, you know, being a uh, saint and a savage is uh, kind of uh, both sides of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, we say really savage comebacks and you know, bust each other's balls all the time. So that's another reason for that. Yeah, duality is a topic that. Uh, I've always been interested. So when they said, yeah, let's call ourselves saints and savages, I jumped on it. I love alliteration and I love duality. So I think it's a great title. I think uh, outside of us, I think everyone has a saint in them and a savage in them. It's uh, unique in Christianity that they talk, or it's common among all Christian denominations. They talk about 
the fall, natural sin, seeing you redeem ourselves to, towards Christ, and we have two parts of that. Uh, there's the Indian metaphor of you have the wolf of good and the wolf of evil. Mm-hmm. The one that wins is the one that feeds, but you have both of these inside of you, yin and yang. Well, many philosophies talk about duality, and I think it's interesting they all have their different approach. In the church, we often use the phrase natural man because uh, we have natural inclinations to be bad, and we have to put that off, try to be good. Perfection's an image, it's a goal. We never get there, but we always strive to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you guys at any point in time have questions about, you know, who we are and, you know, more about the church, we, of course, don't speak uh, officially for the church. Um, You know, we will be wrong on certain doctrine and beliefs, but, you know, we always do our best. And if you have any questions, please go to, you know, LDS.org and reach out to your your local um, wards and and, uh, LDS leaders, and they can also direct you towards guidance if, if you guys are a little more curious about it. But throughout the podcast, we will, you know, intermittently interject with our, our beliefs, you know, relating to certain stories and articles um, and just kind of uh, the, the morality of man and what, what, what these things, you know, signify for us, you know, on a spiritual terms. Yeah. And if you hear us uh, say the term, we throw it around loosely, but we say the church, we're 99% referring to our church. Um, and uh, so if you hear that term, that's usually what it is. So if we sit there and say the church, you know, if, or unless we're specifically talking about like the Catholic church or something like that, but generally 99% of the time we say the church, we're talking about the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Um, and um, yeah. So. Awesome. Well, with that said in mind, um, why don't we get to uh, our first uh, article that we are going to want to talk about? Of course, as all of you know, um, war has broken out in Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, Russia has what? decided to invade Shut Ukraine. Up. Shut up. I know, man. Wait. Everybody everybody always kept saying that that it wasn't going to happen and they're like, "Oh, you know, Putin wouldn't do it." What? You know, the US and NATO has has too big of a stake, but Putin's like, "F that. We're Good going old. in." So Good old Rudy poot poot. Exactly. Was it 2012 Romney versus Obama? Presidential debates. Oh, yeah. The 1980s yeah. called. Yeah. 1980s called, want your foreign policy back. China's no longer, or excuse Russia. me, Russia's no longer a threat. Well, China, yeah. Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> Although. <laughs> well, I mean, to anybody who really pays attention to geopolitical, you know, news and standing in the world, I think everybody would, you know, admit that China is the real threat here and, you know, Russia has kind of taken that uh, little little brother role here that you know, and China has taken really the lead. Yeah, yeah I mean after after um, after Reagan, you know it, the you know obviously I grew up with the USSR. You know I'm I'm an '80s baby, so it's like you know the globes, the maps, everything was USSR, and so after the fall of the Berlin Wall, you know you just saw Russia going down, and you know it, it has slowly slipped into. A th- no, not a third world country. It's not a. It's still. It's still a world power in a sense. But I mean, you're talking about a country that has a GDP of like Florida or Mexico or Italy and Florida. I think is the the equivalent right. GDP for right. You know, so the only thing you know they they have, they have oil. They have obviously you know a natural resource on that, and uh, they have nukes. And other than that, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's some other things, but you know. Um, that's pretty much what puts fear into most people is that they have the nukes, right? That's always the the big thing. It's like, oh, we don't want to we don't want to poke the bear because they have nukes. But I remember growing up, it's like they always had they had this huge, massive navy and they had submarines. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? They don't even have an aircraft carrier anymore. 
Yeah. You know, the, the last aircraft carrier, I think, caught on fire, you know, and they, they mothballed <laughs> it. They've been selling off all their submarines because they can't afford any of them. Um, their Navy is very, very small. Um, they, yeah, they, they have, I think someone's estimated they have like a million people in the military or, you know, but what dictatorship type country doesn't have that, you know, they have a massive military, but it's usually what they have to do. They have better military ads. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we'll give that to him. But, um, so yeah, uh, I think it was inevitable that something like this was going to happen. You know, he took, uh, Georgia and Crimea, um, in the past and, you know, uh, he claims now that the people of Ukraine, at least in that area, are are Russian and they want to become part of Russia again. And I mean, but that'd be like the United States sitting there saying, "Oh, well, the people in Quebec, you know, they they <laughs> they were going to be the thirteenth colony or you know, fourteenth colony at some point in time." It's like, no, it's like they're not the United States, you know. Just like Ukraine is not uh, Russia. Um, they've done interviews with people who who are in the Ukraine currently and. And none of them claim that they want to be part of Russia. They all wanted their independence, you know, but it's coming down to more of a NATO thing, right? Um, Putin doesn't want NATO on his backyard. And he said that he said as much, he doesn't want NATO in his backyard. Yeah. I think a lot of people have, um, have a misconception about it. You know, I mean, Russia has, has, uh, I think justified, you know, military concerns when it comes to NATO. I mean, I think Estonia and Latvia are also on the border with Russia, but they're also part of uh, NATO. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, what, what, what's, what's really the case here, but I think it's all a matter of perspective, right? I mean, I, I think a couple of people have said that if, if Ukraine had, had declared that they're never going to join NATO, then, you know, Russia wouldn't have gone in. Will we ever know the truth about that? I don't think so. But now, you know, NATO is really pushing to kind of get Ukraine to join. Or if and, the Ukraine was never pushed into giving up their nuke weapon, you know, the nuclear weapons that they had, I think they had multiple, you know, uh, missiles and they yeah. were, they were convinced to give them back up to Russia. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they would have had that, you know, that would have gave them a, 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 you know, a stick, you know, to fight with, and and this probably wouldn't be happening. Um, but I think it's kind of funny though, right? We're we're seeing all this stuff in the news, but and you know, there, the, it's 3D chess. There's a lot going on, a lot that we don't know that's going on. I think you have all these people coming out and sitting there saying they know what's happening when they actually don't. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like we heard about the whole the ghost of Kiev thing, which is come up to be false we've heard about the snake island thing which was hilarious right you know telling the the russian ship to go f itself you know which is great for for um you know fighting war you want to use these uh propaganda propaganda. oh yeah absolutely um but you know it's hard to know what to believe anymore but i do think it's funny though seeing these gypsies with like tractors towing and stealing these russian tanks that have run out of gas you know i'm like what what funnier thing than to to poke Putin with that? You know, it's like you're, great, you're this great military power, but you're running out of gas, and these people are just stealing your tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the concern is that you know Putin didn't really expect that this level of resistance from Ukraine, right? Yeah. But then you know you see like Ukrainian government just handing out ten thousand Kalashnikovs to to you know babushkas. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird too. It's Our, like like what do we see now too here in the U.S. Occupy uh, Democrat or Occupy Democracy, whatever that 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 group is that was talking about the second amendment and how uh people here you know guns are a terrible thing blah blah blah. but here it is in ukraine and everybody they're giving out ak's to everybody and they're like oh this is great that mm-hmm. we support this so you should do this fight it's like hmm. it's almost they want them to have arms to fight tyrannical governments weird 
foreign and domestic. That's, that's that sounds a like novel a novel concept. That sounds like a good phrase to put somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it, Ukraine is uh, apparently it's like uh, I think land wise the size of Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if not, then it's population wise the size of Texas. I'm not entirely sure, but right. we can always I think Ukraine's yeah. a bit larger than that. Although Texas is everything's big in Texas. Yeah, but no, no matter what, it's like Sorry, Mike. if you give everybody a gun, right, and everybody's got these AKs, plus these people, they know the areas, obviously. It's very hard to fight in another person's turf because they know the areas and they start to get into guerrilla warfare. And Putin's going to be in for uh, in for a fight, as we're already seeing. You know? yep, absolutely. Well, with that with that said, let's uh, let's jump into this article that we have uh, about it, which I think it gives us a, a good perspective on it. Um, here we got, let's see... All right, perspective. This is from actually Desert News. It's actually a church-affiliated uh, news organization. Um, and says perspective. It wasn't a minor incursion. It wasn't a minor incursion, quote, quote. Did Biden's words contribute to a major problem for Ukraine? Uh, in January, the White House rushed to clarify with what President Joe Biden meant when he said that a minor incursion into Ukraine would not require the sort of response demanded by one of the larger scale, one of a larger scale like the one the world saw Thursday. I mean, I think this is um, it's pretty it's pretty significant. I think because I think the U.S. did definitely escalate things, you know, with their their media narrative and you know what the current administration was was saying about the the conflict with between Russia and Ukraine, right? I mean, what do what do you guys think about that? Uh, I I think there's a lot of stuff that's this has been um this has been something that's been coming for a myriad of reasons. Um, but a lot of it is when then they see the weakness of the United States and this is what's going to happen. Right. Everybody looks at the United States as being the leader in the world. And we're, you know, not, to, it hurts me to say that we're not, but it, we're getting to that point, you know, but we see the leadership is lacking this country severely. Mm-hmm. But when, when Putin saw, for instance, what happened in Afghanistan, right. The pullout in Afghanistan, that was pure weakness for Putin. You know, somebody who who sees strength, somebody who grew up the way he grew up, you know, in Russia where they view strength as, you know, everything. And you have this weak leader who, who can't, you know, even save his own people, who's not willing to fight the fight anymore. He's going to take advantage of that. Any dictator would, you know, whether it's Putin or whether it's uh, uh, Xi Jinping or whether it's whoever, any 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 dictator, they're, they're going to take advantage of that. So why wouldn't why wouldn't uh, Putin take advantage of the situation right now? Yeah, I think what's I forgot what the quote is, but um, you know when, you know I I ask for mercy when when I'm not in power, and you know I I deny it to you when when I when I do have the power, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys can fact check me on that. It's a, it's a variation of the quote, but I think it's very true, right? And I think this exemplifies that because I mean, let's be real here: Biden and the current administration just have, uh, you know, just have really let down the U.S. and you know geopolitical stance you know when it comes to russia when it comes to china when it comes to you know all these other world powers and and as you said brian you know putin he you know he's he's been he's been raring to go to take ukraine for a long long time and with the previous administration with trump you know that that just was never going to happen because trump would have you know he would he would have responded i mean i think everybody could could definitely agree to that whether they like it or not you know trump was a deterrent for for they always called him unpredictable right trump was always unpredictable uh, everybody was freaking out about Trump about, you know, he's going to put us in a new nuclear war with Russia. Well, he didn't. But his whole perspective of what they saw him as, you know, as this as this guy that would be willing to do anything, he's got that twitchy eye. Well, you know, power sees power. The problem is that I think that we have with the media, with the left in this country, is that they 
see Putin or they see China, they think of them, it's like, well, if we can just, you know, get them to think the way that we think, or they maybe that they think the way that we think, and they don't, they don't think that way. They, they look at everything based on power. Mm. Do you have power? Are you able to, to, to enforce power? If you're not, or you don't, then they're, you're going to see what we're seeing right now. Russia has a very uh, cost risk assessment when it comes to its uh, foreign policy. What can they get away with? that uh, faces the least amount of blowback on them. And, you know, back in FDR's time, you know, he, he stood on the podium, didn't want people to see him in a wheelchair. And mm. uh, he wanted to present this image with strength. And I don't know what they're thinking with Joe Biden that he foils around and he says, ah, oh, see, president can't do much when he drops stuff. Uh, he's it presents such an image of weakness. Well, when you when you do sanctions, right? We're going to do these sanctions. That's basically wagging Ooh. your finger at them. Ooh, yeah. Or you can't. Your ice skaters can't skate for under the Russian mm. name anymore. Ooh. But you look back at like, say, for instance, back in you know the was it the '80s with Gaddafi, right? Gaddafi bombed the the Pan Am flight to, to mm -hmm. uh, um, Scotland, right? Mm -hmm. What did Reagan do? Bombed him immediately. I mean, killed everyone around him except for him. And he did it on purpose because he wanted him to know that I could get to you at any point in time and you better calm this down. What did he do? Gaddafi was quiet, right? Yeah, he, he, he terrorized his own people, but he didn't terrorize anybody else in the world. And I'm not saying, you know, that I support these dictators, but it's better the devil you know, right? Mm -hmm. We see what happens in Iraq, you know, when, when, you, when you overthrow uh, Saddam Hussein, right? Yep. What happened? You know, it just goes into chaos. Yep. You know, you, you have a bunch of warlords just come in and try to take it. You know, you have a power vacuum. I think the concept of strength is, is the number one key deterrent for war, especially nowadays when, you know, warfare has reached the, you know, fourth, fifth, fifth generation warfare, right? Cyber attacks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think the really the big green light for, for Putin was definitely Afghanistan and, you know, the, the fiasco that this administration has, you know, led us to there, you know, the deaths, American deaths there, yeah. you know, Putin was like, oh man, like the, the commander in chief, because Biden, unfortunately he is the commander in chief of the military. He has final say in things like this, right? Yeah. He was ultimately responsible for this. Obviously, you know, was, was he advised incorrectly? Yeah, absolutely. Did he, did his generals, are those generals backward thinking nowadays? Yeah, I think so. Um, but again, you know, you are, you, the, the buck stops with you. So, you know, I think Putin saw that and he's like, you know what? NATO isn't what it used to be. America is definitely not what it used to be. I have China's backing, my friend over there. So, you know, why don't we just go ahead and uh, start moving towards Ukraine and take that uh, that piece and then, you know, maybe even push forward them more than that. We'll see what happens. Yeah, people, uh, they talk about Putin being a psychopath crazy. He is a murderer. He's a, he's a bad dude. Um, Megan Kelly has interviewed him, I think, three times. And she was on Glenn Beck's podcast because Glenn Beck wanted to know, you know, everybody's like, you know, is he crazy? Is he psycho? What's going on? And she's like, you know, I know him, you know, obviously not like a friend, but she's like, I've, I've, been, I've spent hours with this guy. She's like, he's not crazy. Mm. You know, he's calculated. He, he was in the KGB. Yeah, he's KGB officer. Yeah, he's, ca he's very calculated. Mm -hmm. But she's like, you know, he grew up in Russia. He grew up in bad neighborhoods. He grew up, you know, in bad times. And he's so he's, he's tough by nature, you know, but it's like a, a gang member here in the U S how they grow up, you know, what they're around, you know, they become tough and they become callous and whatnot. That doesn't necessarily mean they're stupid, you know, but it also means that you're not going to necessarily understand why they're doing what they're doing. They have other reasons that we can't necessarily comprehend. Right. Yeah, um, he's laser focused. Yeah, and and none of this is to sit there and support this guy. Absolutely not. 
hundred percent I'm on the side of Ukraine, as is everybody else, right? Um, but when you look at this from a logical perspective, I just think this, you know, you get out of control when you sit there and say, this guy's, you know, he's, he's crazy. He's a psychopath, this and that he's a bad dude. He's definitely some of those things. I don't think he's crazy at any point in time. I do think that he maybe absolutely, uh, misread the room, right? He thought he could take Ukraine. Ukraine was fighting back. He didn't think he would get the pushback from the rest of Europe and the world that he's getting. Yeah. And personally, I think that the whole purpose for him to do this, and this is just my personal opinion, right? We see what's going on with China and the U.S., right? It's, it's the, big, the big fight, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the economic fight between the U.S. and China. And it was just recently found out that, you know, we were talking with China and we were giving them information about what we were seeing with Russia and what they're going to do. And then what happens? That information gets leaked to Russia, right? So yeah, from my- I, I, don't, I don't know why the administration would tell China this and at the same time be like, hey, you know, here's all the intel we have on troop deployment for Russia, what they're doing, where they're at, you know, what, what their assets are on the ground. Hey, can you talk to them and like kind of like calm them down and see what's going on here? And China's like, why would we do that for you? Yeah, well, I mean, you, if you do any if you do any deep information, you do any, any you know, uh, searching, you'll realize that, you know, China and Russia are, are they're at, at the hip on a lot of things now. And I think that, again, like I said, this is my personal opinion. I think that Russia's doing something. But they're doing it not necessarily because of their own interest. They're trying to destabilize us, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you destabilize us? Well, we just got out of a 20-plus year war with Iraq. Our country is very war-wary. We don't want to get into another conflict yet. Everybody is encouraging us to try to get into this fight with Ukraine. Well, what would happen with that? Well, we're already starting to see economic collapse here in the United States. That's something we're probably going to get to talk to here in a little bit. But who does that benefit? That benefits China, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't benefit Russia. Russia's you know, their rubles crashing. It's, it's the worst it's ever, it's ever been, you know, um, going in the, in the combat doesn't help them at all. You know? Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Russia's rubles like down 40%, um, mm-hmm. stock market has been halted there. But if you're backed by China, by the Chinese, uh, 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 financial, uh, giants, then what do you care? Yeah. But I think, I think lately, like in the last 24, 48 hours, China has started taking a step back away from, uh, away from Russia. You know, they're kind of distancing, distancing themselves. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're also playing, playing both sides of the field, right? They're kind of remaining neutral, not, but at the same time, not condemning Russia. Right. Yeah. Because let's be real here. What, what would be the next step in, you know, for, for China at, at this moment, right? If they really wanted to, you know, break America's back, it would be Taiwan. Right. Oh, yeah, and we've, we've already seen them start start pushing towards there with, you know, air incursions into Taiwanese airspace. Yep. I mean, it's been happening for the last six months to a year. And I mean, it's only well, been escalating. There. That's where the play is at. It's in Taiwan. It's not Ukraine. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and, and From their perspective. Yeah. Well, again, I, I support Ukraine. But also I sit there and I look at, at the rest of Europe and it's like you have NATO, you have the EU. What are you guys doing? Why aren't you guys helping each other out? Why is it that the United States is the one that always has to do it, right? Yeah, we set ourselves up as the world police in a sense, which was okay. I, I, I could agree with at a certain point in time. But now I'm just like, look, man, you know, they're looking at us again. And it's like, you, what are you paying this money for to have, have NATO and to have the European Union if you're not going to do something for yourself? Yeah, to be fair, there are some countries that are backing. Poland is helping them out. Great. But is Germany stepping up? Is France stepping up? Is Spain stepping up? No. Yeah, I think it's almost becoming, NATO's become almost like a, a, a welfare program, right, for the world, you know, for, for their geopolit- defense geopolitical defense or something like that, right? Yeah, and we pay uh, most of the bill in NATO, and that was something that Trump really hard 
uh, with other countries, you know, pay your fair share, pay your 2% as uh, America was paying, uh, the, uh, covering so many other countries. Well, well, we don't also just pay the the financial aspect of NATO. We also supply Quiet most of weapons. the troops, right? Mm-hmm. It's like ninety yeah. percent yep. of the troops for yep. NATO is is or you know somewhere around there is 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 they, uh, U.S. troops. And they use our Abrams tanks and our F-18s and F-20s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just the the whole situation is just foobar right mm-hmm. at this point in time. I mean, and China is is only profiting more and more from this. I mean, where I mean, where we live at the moment, I've been starting to see, you know, gas price at three ninety nine. I saw four oh. four bucks for gas. You know, premium gas is up almost five bucks. I think again, again weak leadership, right? So what happens? Uh, Biden gets in, he fulfills his pi- his, his promises. Oh, we're going to shut down the XL pipeline, right? We're not going to we're not going to become an uh, an exporter of natural gas anymore. We're not going to be self independent. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to buy some Russian fuel. But then when we do the sanctions on Russia when they invade uh, Ukraine, you know what we don't do? We don't cut off that oil from Russia. In fact, mm. we doubled it. Yeah. <laughs> During the State of the Union, it was, it was hilarious, man. Biden, uh, he mentioned that that NATO countries were about to release like 60 million barrels of oil from the strategic reserves to, to supplement. It's like three you days. Know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you folks watching know this, but I think the U.S. goes through about 20 million yep. barrels a day. Yep. A day. Yep. A day. And this 60 million barrels was for all NATO countries, not just the U.S. Yeah. So when when you guys are starting to pay for, you know, over four bucks a, ga- a gallon of gas, you know, regular, then, you know, that's when I think people will be like, I, c- I can't even afford to go to work anymore. Well, and then, and then plus you have, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, anytime they see us pump oil into the system, they just match it. They negate it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened during COVID, right? We put out like what fifty million at that point in time during COVID again, which is only like two and a half days. So, uh, Saudi Arabia saw that they matched it and it negated it, did nothing. So now you just took out all the, this oil, which again isn't a lot, but you're taking it out of our strategic resource. What is that strategic resource there for? War. War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think also, um, I think it was a couple of days ago when Russia was like in the midst of, of their of their incursion. I think. Uh, the administration also banned uh, certain fracking and uh, and offshore yeah. drilling. It's like at the same freaking time as as Russian gas is. is yeah, and then he he okays the uh, uh, what was that pipeline that's going from New Russia stream? to Georgia? Nord, Nord, Nord Stream. Stream. Yeah. Nord he, stream. He, he, he okays yeah. Nord Stream. You know, which Trump never did. Trump was opposed to that. He was fighting it. He actually <laughs> oh, went after man, a lot man. of these companies. <laughs> if you know, you could do some research and go look. Trump went after a lot of these companies. He told them, "I will put you out of business if you build one more mile of pipe for Russia." And they stopped. Well, it's not even that. I remember when he was um, gathered with a bunch of the world leaders, uh, European leaders, and he like, like in front of cameras and everything, he would just like call them out on on their dependency on Russian uh, gas and oil. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "What are you guys doing, Germany? Why are you relying on 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 their gas and you know shutting down all your nuclear power plants? They could cut you guys off at at any point in time, and you know entire Europe is going to go into the dark ages because of that." Yeah, and in, in Russia and China, you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to rely on solar power. They're not going to rely on wind power. They're going to they're going to keep drilling. They're going to keep building coal plants because that's what's powering them. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, China has increased their coal production and usage by, you know, whatever percentage. But yeah. it's 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 higher the year year over year than it than it used to be. I mean, another problem with this: get rid of our gas so we can be more clean and environmental friendly. Even if that is your main argument, uh, we are not going to reduce our gas consumption. Because, you know, one person's going to make that decision. They drive because they need to. So we reduce our oil. We still need it. So we get it from Russia and China. 
remind me how many standards do they have in Russia and China to produce coal, coal and gas? Like mm-hmm. what environmental produce, protection yeah. agency do they have? None. We can produce gas way cleaner than yep. they can. And no one wants to talk about nuclear because it's such an amazingly efficient, clean energy source, but we can't go there. You're actually starting to see some of these uh, greenies, right? These 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 uh, green peas. Not, well, that's not necessarily green peas, but a lot of these people that were against nuclear. Now they're starting to come around and go, oh, yeah. you know what? Natural gas and nuclear is actually green. It's like, yeah, no crap. We were telling you that for a long time. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean, nu- nuclear um, technology has, has come, you know, yeah. bound, leaps and bounds from Chernobyl and, you know, Fukushima and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think we have thorium salt reactors now that... I mean, still uh, working uh, on it, actually. Are they, they still working uh, on they, it? They were doing a big one in Texas, but when all this, all this nuclear stuff went down, it just, you know, it, it, they, they stopped doing the research on it, but they had, like, a big one in Texas, but... Yeah, it's that's you know California shut down pretty much all of theirs, you know, and uh, but we're we're seeing this if we're not energy independent, if we're relying on energy from from Saudi Arabia, from Russia, from Venezuela, well they're not even drilling oil anymore, and they have tons of anyway. They got other issues. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you know we're we're not relying on ourselves anymore. This is what happens, yeah. right? Absolutely. And these people they don't care about whether or not we're drilling for oil. In fact, they don't want us to drill for oil, right? They don't want us to be self reliant. Yeah, I mean, I think that brings us into kind of uh, our next article, which is, um, did you guys were you guys able to catch the State of the Union speech last night? The only way I, to. the only way I can withstand that is by watching Louder with Crowder's live reaction to it. That was awesome. And uh, did you do watch it, Brian? I listened to Tim Pool doing their drinking yeah. game with it, which was pretty <laughs> funny. And then uh, I listened to a little bit of Ben Shapiro's uh, coverage of it. Yeah, I was able to catch uh, Tim Pool's uh, episode, which they actually um, got swatted for the fifth and sixth time this year. <laughs> um, apparently, um, well, what's swatting for those people who don't know? Yeah, so for those of you guys watching um, and don't understand what swatting means, it means that somebody placed a call, um, either either to a local police department or something, and um, through doxing, which is finding somebody's address and you know personal information, they they put in a, a fake uh, police report. Um, saying that, hey, you know, somebody's in my house. They're 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 shooting. They're trying to kill me. Blah blah blah. And and SWAT, which is the um, tactical response for police, and for for in certain situations like this, is uh, dispatched to it. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people die from this, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. cause imagine you're you're just hanging out at your house. You got your headphones on. You're playing music, or you're you know you're you're playing video games or something. You're oblivious to what's going on around you. And SWAT just busts in through through your door, you know, guns blazing and everything. What and if you're a gun owner? Yeah, you know, and somebody somebody's trying to break in, and all of a sudden you're gonna go, you're gonna go for your gun. Well, we just saw what recently happened, right, where you had these cops that had a no knock warrant. No knock warrant. They had they had the key to the uh, the apartment. They went in. The guy was sleeping on his couch, had his gun with him. Regardless of what you think of that, it doesn't matter. He's in a he's in. I don't I don't even know if it's his place or not. But either way, he's allowed to have the gun, and he freaked out, and they shot him and killed him. I mean, put you guys in the in the situation. What would you guys do? Oh, same thing. I'd, I'd go for my gun immediately. Yeah, Even absolutely. if you don't if have a gun. I had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't have a gun, you are fighting for your life when someone shows up like yeah, that. Yeah, but the, 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 the whole swatting thing, what it is, is, is somebody's watching his podcast, right? They're watching it live because that's how he does it. And for them, they're getting off on it because they get to see the, they get to see the action of what's going on, you know? Maybe they understand, maybe they don't. I don't know. But, you know, if the cops came in 
freaked out, you know, uh, or they, free, uh, uh, um, um, the people in the pot, I you know temples, they freak out and then the cops react and shoot and somebody dies. Unfortunately, you know, we don't necessarily know if that's what the person is, is hoping for. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, swatting is, is incredibly illegal. Please do not do that. Um, well, it's a federal issue. Feder- it's, federal issue now. It is a federal issue because I think the the person that actually is uh, doing this to Tim Pool and his um and his uh, cast actually I think is in California, and it's yeah. an automated uh, bot that somebody set up to keep putting these calls in. Um, so now it's like crossing state uh, state lines, so it's a yep. multi federal offense. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tim Pool is um uh, he runs Timcast Tim IRL. Um, they're a political uh, you know, news news uh news company that also does YouTube videos and, you know, they comment on political themes. They've had very, you know, Cultural. successful people on there, like um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, the congresswoman. He's had everybody on there. He's, yeah, he's had a ton of people. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's friends with Joe Rogan yep. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just uh, this the f- this year. That was the first time I heard about him. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast when they had uh, What's His Face from oh, Twitter, Twitter on there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, who is this guy? Oh, yeah, man. He <laughs> was he was taking them to town. I think that's still one of the most watched videos for, for Tim Pool when he's just going off to, uh, to town yeah. on uh, Twitter's uh, CEO, Jack Dorsey, and yep. uh, whatever his... Uh, that lawyer. That, uh, that, that lawyer chick. I don't know who she is, man. Yeah. But and according to some news outlets, Tim Pool was a white-ringed guest on Joe Rogan. He's not white Excuse me, right winged. No, No, him, nor Russell Brand, nor Sam Harris. All these people are podcasters, self-proclaimed Democrats. It's just, it's just a political narrative, right? Whoever, whoever they don't like, whoever the radical left doesn't like, they're obviously, you know, right extremist. I'm sure at one point in time we're all going to be called that. Unfortunately, they can call us that because you know they have a Mexican on the show. Well, if you start, oh yeah, yeah. So, if you start questioning the narrative, right, or the message, as uh, the what's that guy? He's another podcaster, the uh, the drinker or something. I forget. He, hilarious guy. He's out. He's out in Scotland, I think. Um, the critical drinker. Oh, critical drinker. He, he, he has this thing called. It's called the, the, the message. Stuff, you know, oh, so yeah. it's that way. You know, YouTube doesn't uh, censor him on certain things. But anyway, yeah. But yeah if, you, if, if you start questioning anything all of a sudden you're you're far right you're not just right wing you're far right wing you know mm-hmm. question anything and you know it, it's funny in the case of russell brand uh actor um that several movies um really big into i would say socialist programs not really socialist well, anyway he's he's kind of a give everything kind of a guy he's like and an old bernie like an old bernie yeah old bernie thinker he's yeah. a liberty libertarian just remember him. I wouldn't call bad. him a libertarian, no. to be honest. <laughs> I mean, true. if you have socialist views, libertarian is not really something. I don't know how to, to I don't want to put a label on Russell Brand. He he's a very giving person, but I found I never thought I would ever agree with the man. But if you watch his thing, he's very rational, very open minded. Uh, I don't agree with a single economic uh, stance he's ever made, but I find his analysis to be so intriguing. And to label him as right wing just well, because he wants to ask questions is ridiculous. It's all about facts nowadays, right? I mean, the the people that are genuine, these podcasters, you know, that are are about hardcore facts like Tim Pool, Russell Brand, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, the 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 radical left, they they hate facts, right? Because mm-hmm. it destroys their narrative. Yep. When it comes down to it, right? When you get down to brass tacks, I mean, this this is why they hate Ben Shapiro so hard because Ben just throws facts in their face and they just cannot stand it. Yeah. Right. And this, I mean, th- that's, 
that's unfortunately um, well, that's the why world you, we live in nowadays. Well, and that's so. also why you don't see debates anymore, like uh, oh, on yeah. the side. Like there yeah. used to be big, big debates. Like I used to watch Michael Medved. He used to do have some really good debates, and uh, he's a he's a radio personality. I think he's out in Arizona. Um, I could be wrong, but anyway, um, he 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 doesn't do as long as a show anymore. I think he got cancer, and and so he kind of dialed it back, but. He used, to be, he used to do these big debates. You can still find them on YouTube, and he would just crush everybody, right? Mm. Um, ben Shapiro would go and, and debate, uh, who was it, uh, Chank Younger. He went on there. and Chank he Younger. Younger, yeah. And he destroyed them, right? Absolutely destroyed them. And then that's what you started seeing on YouTube was, you know, Ben Shapiro destroys whoever, destroys I, whoever. I love destroys. those videos. They're, yeah. s- they're hilarious. You know, and then, well, Ben Shapiro, remember, at one point in time, he offered $10,000 to AOC to have a debate of her to anywhere she wanted to go. She could have the money to do with whatever she wanted. And then what she do. Oh, that's just a cat call. It's like, oh no, 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 no. He, he does. He just, uh, is sexually frustrated. You know, like, <laughs> why does all of her arguments have to be from sex? What a self absorbed idiot. Yeah. Well, if you just can't, if you can't debate your ideas, if you can't get on the stage and debate your ideas and I, I'm not a great, great debater. However, I'm willing to get up on the stage and debate somebody with, with the facts. You know? yeah, and give your opinions, right? I mean, that's what a lot of people are listen to podcasts mm-hmm. for, for opinions and facts and, you know, not, you know, these just absolutely far-fetched ideas that, you know, are just going to impact everyday people in, in, the, in the worst ways possible. Well, now your facts are just opinions, though. Like, like who was it that was on Fox that she said she brought up the whole Russian oil thing, too, right? That, that we doubled the amount of Russian oil and then you had politic politifact that oh fact checked her and they said they're yeah. like they're like fact check false and then you go down to the bottom and it reads yes we did double the amount of oil from Russia but we didn't double the amount the amount of total oil or something like that. like they they inserted a word to make their fact quasi correct I guess yeah I think they do context they, I think I think the fact checkers say it's like partially incorrect right and well, no they, when it's on the right it's always partially false. Partially false. Right. So, but yeah, the, 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 your facts are just personal opinions now. And unfortunately, uh, I think it's going to get worse as time goes on, as people become, you know, uh, more thin skin, they're not willing to uh, be tougher for criticism. You're going to keep seeing these issues. You're going to keep seeing people backtracking, backstepping. They're going to, what they're going to do every time is, is they just, they attack you personally. Right. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about what it is that you're bringing up. Like, let's just say it's like, you know, you're debating about guns or anything like that. It's like, well, you're just a far right wing nut. And it's like, what that, What does that have to do with our debate? We don't need identity politics in that. Yeah. yeah. Just or, where are your facts? You know, it's always feelings. Though. That's what I start to see on the left. And I say this from personal, uh, 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 my own personal knowledge of this. I used to be on the left. Mm-hmm. Right. At one time I voted for Obama his first term, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you and me, Brian, are very similar in that regard. I mean, we, I think we both grew up very, you know, left-leaning in. California, dude. Yeah, California, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, what else is there to, you know, to think politically if, if you grew up in California? Um, but as you grow up and, you know, you, you experience life and, you know, real challenges, you're like, what the heck was yep. I thinking? What are these people? Like, these people are brainwashed, and as Temple says, they are a cult. Look. I can I can almost pinpoint one of my awakenings. You know, I was one of those like again. I, I went through college. I was on the left. I started to have a little bit of awakening when I when I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. You know, I was like, mm. hmm, I started to have some thoughts. But I remember I was out in Arizona. My uh, my uncle had a, uh, a a transportation van, and he asked me to work with him out there. You know, to partner on him. And I just remember he would listen to Rush Limbaugh every day, and I could hear it through the wall in the room. And I just grew up 
Rush Limbaugh's a racist, uh, misogynistic, <laughs> sexist, homophobic, every whatever term you want to label him, right? Everything the left that they hate him for. And I'm sitting here listening to it every morning, and I'm like, okay, he's right. He's right. Yeah, okay. What are they talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. But and, you never actually even, like, listened to Rush Limbaugh, right? No, until until no. <laughs> Until you actually did. And then... No, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, but I've always, I've always been of that mind, though, that it's like, okay, once you've been faced with the facts, you either have to accept them or you have to deny them. And if you deny them, shame on you. In other words, lie to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I can't do that. that. You know the truth. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, intellectual honesty is a very important aspect. And, you know, we all have our logical fallacies that pater to be our favorite, but it's very useful to build mental traps for yourself that when you say certain things or forcing yourself down mental paths to identify them and to kick them away. More than hating facts, they also really hate questions. You can't question the narrative. You can't ask that. You're even transphobic or misogynistic just for asking the questions. It's already agreed upon. Science is made of no theories, just just facts. It's not evolving unless they, they want it to. We're figuring it out uh, on everything we want to be true, but nothing that you want to question or have better clarification on well, we kind of touched on it in the last podcast right dave rubin i literally watched his transformation you know from being on the young turks you know i remember watching him on that show and then he started his own podcast and i just remember i, I watched the larry elder episode when it happened i watched it and i was just like my, my job i knew larry elder already and i was already i was already conservative by that point in time mm-hmm. you know but i watched that episode and i was like and i remember Dave Rubin talked about that at that moment and his producer told him, he goes, Hey, we could just cut that out. And he's like, no, we can't do that. You know, he, cru- he you crushed can't, you me. You can't lie. You can't yeah. lie about it. Anymore. He crushed me, yeah. you know, but then you saw Dave Rubin's change. You know, he had to, he had to accept the facts. Here's a black man telling you that what you thought about racism wasn't true. Yeah. I remember I'd never seen the episode until we talked about it. Uh, when, you know, one of our time we were hanging out and I was like, oh, I gotta go watch it. Right. Yeah. Cause I always thought, you know, Dave Rubin was conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a conservative gay, gay gay person yeah and i was like oh man he talked to larry elder and larry elder is the one that you know red pilled him oh yeah. i gotta go watch this and yeah. it was it was incredible for any of you who are watching this and you haven't seen that episode please go and watch that it it, it, it is such an eye-opener and also if 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 you if you believe in certain things that the left has said about you know racism and black black people black people being oppressed please watch this and, and see what Larry Elder has, has <laughs> said about a, a black person who has become successful in this, in this country. Yeah. Please, please don't go listen to Thomas soul. Please don't go please. listen to Larry Elder. Right. Mm-hmm. Please don't listen to these people and don't let them change your mind. Yep. They are the black white supremacist. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's team. Candace Owen guys. Oh, Let's be yeah. real here. You... I remember watching her change too. Oh yeah. She used to be red pill black. I remember yep. seeing her on Instagram and stuff like that. And I was like, Hmm, you know, I'd see some of her stuff. It's like, yeah, she's got this kind of wrong. And then she changed. Now you see the powerhouse that she has become, you know, it's yep. amazing. I mean, and, and granted people, people can have a change of heart and change the way they think, right. They can believe different things at certain points and always change and, you know, grow and, you know, have new ideas. I think one of the bottlenecks for, for the left is that, you know, they, they, they believe that once you believe something, you, you have to conform to that and, you know, go all the way and, and, you know, nothing will ever change. You know, facts won't change your feelings, won't won't change your mind about things. But, you know, conservatives, more, you know, libertarian minded people, you know, they understand that, you know, your views will change as you as you grow yep. and mature. Yep. And if if you don't 
and, and if you don't, then I mean, you're kind of stuck in, in the same mentality well, that you were when you were 19. What's that years old? old? Is that old saying there? Right? Is if you're under 30 and you're not a socialist, you have no heart. And if you're over 30 and you're still a socialist, you have no brain. You know, <laughs> Churchill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but that that happens. You mature. You start to accept things, and you know, oh, well, we would hope that you start to accept things. So it's like there tends to be this tolerance to for younger people to be more um, bleeding heart to use a phrase, you know, it's like, you know, you're using your feelings instead of logic and facts, you know, but over time, as you, as you grow that thicker skin and you start to accept that I can be wrong in these things. And then once I learn the facts, I can accept it, that you'll start to change. And it's not to sit there and say that, that you're going to become conservative. Mm. That's not, that's not the whole thing. Like you look at Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is never going to become conservative, but you know what I have, I have, uh, um, not support, but I, I respect the guy. He believes this stuff, man, you know? And at least he, he goes out and he finds the research that supports his facts. Not that they're right, but you're talking about Bernie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had respect for Bernie when he was like the lone wolf of the left, you know, far, far left. And he was going after it, you know, you know, drumming up his base, you know, really yeah. inspiring his, his, his followers and things like that. But man, he sold out. Yeah. Yeah. He sold out like, well, he got person, like AOC. The like, machine crushed him though, man. Oh, Absolutely. The machine crushed them. So, like, all you know, a lot of these people that I always I, I saw, they were, you know, feel the burn, feel the burn, you know, and then you see what the Democratic Party did to him, what Hillary Clinton did to him, you know. And I mean, it's crazy because he had like the support of Joe yeah. Rogan yep. of all these like Hollywood A listers of even some some like libertarian kind of leaning people. Sometimes. He was drawing the crowds. Yeah, he was drawing the people. He was, like he was energetic, Trump crowds. absolutely. Yeah. And you know that that money came in, and you know. No more billionaires, only millionaires. Right? Well, no, it was like they went to those, uh, those, it wasn't debates, but what is it the Democratic Party does when they bring in all their different uh, people that are running in? DNC. The DNC. The DNC. Uh, um, oh, man, what is it called? The convention. The, no, it's, they do, they do little things where they do the little votes and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And, and it was like, you know, they would do a thing against, it was like him and Hillary. And what did they end up doing? They did, they did like paper, rock, scissors. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, or we flip, they actually flipped a coin they at one point. And they had to flip it like five times or something like that. It was just like, <laughs> three you, out of five. You have to be kidding me. You, really? <laughs> we're debating, we're, we're deciding this and flipping a coin. You know, but the reason why the Democratic Party did that is because of Reagan. They, when Reagan came in and absolutely took control of the Republican Party, and you saw almost the entire country go red, the Democratic Party said, we can never allow that to happen to our party. We can never allow somebody to come in like a Trump or like a Reagan and take control of this party. Mm-hmm. Can't allow that. Mm-hmm. They're going to decide. Man, how do we get on this uh, on this topic? We're talking about man. the State happens, of the Union, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> when you talk about Biden, you go off the rails, which is kind of leads us into this next uh, He does it too. He makes us do story. it. <laughs> <laughs> talking about going off the rails. Um, here we have this uh, article um, by Yahoo News. Biden's State of the Union speech went off the rails when he got <laughs> to inflation. <laughs> Um, in, this, in the State of the Union address, President Joe Biden sought, as do all presidents, to depict the American economy as humming along and to take credit for it. The narrative, however, hit a substantial road bump when it got to inflation. In Biden's telling there are no macroeconomic causes for inflation, oh my there wasn't excessive fiscal stimulus when Congress approved $3.6 trillion <laughs> debt finance COVID-19 relief on top of underlying trillion-dollar annual deficits. This wasn't ex- excessive monetary stimulus when the Fed balance sheet increased from less than one trillion in 2008 to nearly nine trillion today. Let me say that again: from one trillion in 2008, 2008 guys, to nearly nine trillion today. 
and in, and it artificially suppressed interest rates during the entire period. Instead, in Biden's telling higher prices to are exclusive a micro a microeconomic phenomenon, the result of supply chain issues as econ- economy recovers from COVID nineteen slowdowns. Holy crap, guys! Um, for those of you that might not understand, I mean, I think uh, the term trailing dollars has been you know has just has just shortened in in our minds to to you know what it is today. But a trillion dollars is absolutely astronomical. And the fact that we went from one to nine trillion since 2008 is absolutely insane. Yeah, and, and if you sit there and you sit there and you say, okay, well, well, the Republicans did it too. That doesn't mean it's right, right? <laughs> like when we talk about Bush and you had the quantitative easing and we had, you know, uh, the collapse in 2008. I didn't agree with that stuff either. I was like, if you, if the business failed, it failed. I'm sorry, you're going on a GM, goodbye. It's right. over for you. And everybody's like, oh, what about all these people that are going to lose their jobs? I feel for them. I really do. But you just. But dest- the product wasn't good enough. And you're destroying the dollar, yep. right? Absolutely. Cool. Is, isn't this the biggest thing for corporatism, which everyone hates? We can't have corporations have monopolies and be big. Isn't too big to fail like the biggest support for corporations? I love free market. Yeah, it depends I, on how much money they give to your party. Yeah. I hate Government uh, companies backed by the government. I hate that idea. That's so far from free market economics. Well, I think that stems from, um, you know, Supreme Court ruling that um, companies are 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 people are are, you know, are considered a person. Right. Right. They they should not have these rights. Companies should be held to a different standard by the economy, by the free market. And like you said, Brian, if a company fails because their product was inferior to another mm-hmm. company. Then bad on them. They should have put more more emphasis, more money, more research into the product development, you know, marketing, whatever it is. If I was president and it was like, oh, GM is failing, we have to uh, <clears throat> give them money so they'll succeed. Whatever amount they are, let's say you have to give them $50 billion for them to succeed. I'll cut that in tenth, $5 billion, let them fall, and uh, give a lottery. Mechanics that want to start their own company to fill this void – You'll get portion of this money to start your own company. Well, I mean, the, the the concept of of uh, competitive contracts is 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 so great. I mean, I think uh, Elon Musk is really at the forefront of this. If you watch some of his speeches that he has given, he, you know, in the space industry is it's very it's very um it's very common to do this now, um, which is uh, competitive bids or contracts. Because if if you do, um, I forgot what the other form of contract is, but it's um. If, if you give a company a certain contract and you're like, we'll pay you this certain amount, they're going to do everything they can to be like, oh, this bolt actually is $50,000 per bolt. Oh, right? they always underestimate Cause, it. Yeah, because they, they, they want to get the full amount, right? But if you do competitive bids, it's like, well, you got to make this for the least amount of money possible, but you still want to get the contract, right? And Elon Musk has, you know, um, has, has great great views on this, and it should be done on the corporate level throughout the country, you know, for, for car manufacturers, for, you know, tech companies, whatever it is. If you fail, you fail. Yeah, well... I've had a business fail. So yep. my family, we owned a restaurant. And when 2008 happened, this is almost, man, six months after we bought the business. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a, a chicken place, you know, out in Monticello, Georgia. Um, and, you know, we didn't necessarily uh, – that we have some blame, too. We didn't do a homework when we bought the place. We didn't realize that it wasn't in the best of shape. But we did our best. But when 2008 happened and it just, you know, started tanking us, we started seeing it immediately. People, people, you know, we're getting less and less people. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember this one lady, we had to raise our prices because chicken is one of the most expensive meats, you know. 
And so, you know, we were buying from like Cisco and PFG and we would try to compete, have them compete against each other, but it didn't matter. They both started raising their, their, their prices. But I remember this lady coming in and she was complaining because it was like, you know, a two piece chicken with some fries or whatever was like $8. Right. And yeah. (laughs) And and she's like, well, you know, I can go to KFC and get this for five bucks. And I'm like, I'm not KFC. I don't have you know, thousands and thousands of stores. In fact, KFC tells the chicken places how much they're going to pay for the chicken. Mm -hmm. Just like McDonald's does with the burgers, right? They tell them, they go, Hey, we're going to pay you a penny for each patty. And they go, okay. You know, they put the bid out for it, right? They're going to be like, Hey, who can supply it for a penny? Well, as a small business like, like ours, we can't do that. We're, we're at the whims, you know, of, of these, uh, uh, these suppliers. And so I saw that, you know, and then I just remember telling the lady, I go, we had a gas station that was across the street. And at the time, this is when like gas was like, 250 and I was like holy crap you know 2008 I was like man oh, this man, is going insane 250 <laughs> you know and I told her I go I go lady look at the price of gas out there right now I go when the price of fuel increases the price of food increases they 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 work together in tandem mm-hmm. like that that's how it works the only thing is that when gas eventually does come back down you know what food never does come back down mm-hmm. food always stays escalated yeah I mean um with the state of the union speech you know the whole time he was talking about the economy and he was just like, well, we're just going to lower prices. You know, <laughs> everything's going to go lower. You know, we're going to lower insulin costs. We're going to do everything. It's like, how? Oh, we're going to subsidize it. It's like, oh so gosh. you're going to tax us more to subsidize something that you could just open up to the free market to compete and lower prices, right? This is a problem they caused yeah. in the first place. They forced the policy to shut people down because COVID was so bad. And when we say they, we mean politicians in general. Politicians in yeah, general. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just not, not. Just the left isn't isn't to blame wholly for this. I no. mean, the right the yeah. right is is there yes. step in step, hand in hand, yep. Yep. hugging and you know taking taking money and they, they don't give a crap about the little yep. people. Yep. It's all about the bottom line and you know their stock prices. Their yeah, stock prices went up, their money went up. Small businesses closed down. They said you don't have enough space to follow our policy, so we're shutting you down, funneling all these people to Walmart and Amazon, and yep. uh, small businesses suffered so much. And then, I mean, what is what is it the the total uh, what is it, the sixty percent of all monetary currency was printed in the last what like two three years since COVID started? I think it's right? more than that, man. It's it's insane. It's a, it's absolutely ridiculous now. Well, it's mo- modern monetary theory. That's Mon- the whole yeah. thing, right? We can print as much as we want. At Japan did it back in the nineties, and they went into stagflation, and then they've never recovered. Never recovered. Yeah, well, I mean, the Fed has said that they're about to raise uh, interest rates. Um, they can't. Well, they said they're, they're, they have no choice. They're ha- they have to do it. But if they do it, they're screwed either way, right? So they're, like, trying to hold off as long as possible. But it's it's coming, guys. I mean, stagflation is here to stay. Yeah. It's going to hit the but economy like nobody's you business. You can't print money, all this money that you're doing, to try to support the federal government and at the same time raise, raise rates. You can't. Yeah. So this isn't me saying this. This is Peter Schiff, right? And if you don't, if you don't know who he is, go look him up, listen to his podcast. The guy knows, he knows the market, he knows money, he knows the economy. And so he brought this up. He's like, you know, the, the fed is, they're in a catch 22. They're stuck, right? They printed all this money for the federal government, but at the same time, they keep talking about how they're going to raise rates, right? So raising rates is basically like, you're trying to cool off the engine. It's getting too hot. So you raise the rates to try to cool it off a little bit. Stop people from spending. Yeah, yep. but but they can't do that because they're the ones pumping all the money into the system. So you can't you can't cause the fire and at the same time try to put it out. Yeah, once once you start incentivizing people to to spend their money because they're going to get more money, free money every time. You know, they're just it the the cycle will will 
continue exponentially. It'll never stop. Well, and, well, and another thing, just real quick, I'm sorry. Uh, what you got to understand about inflation too, inflation is a hidden tax. Okay. Mm. So like when you're seeing the prices at the pump going up, the prices of food going up, those prices are not going up. That is an illusion. The value of your dollar is going down. Yep. Absolutely. That's what that is. Yep. So you're losing money via your, your savings. I love the, um, from the article we quoted by the state of union speech went off the rails. Uh, it talks about there are no macroeconomic causes of inflation. <laughs> I think we've identified three or four yeah. right here. I don't think he even knows what macroeconomic means. No. <laughs> go to any economics class. This is like one-on-one. We'll go over five. It's supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this, so the, is, this is complete gaslighting by by the administration, right? And and politicians in general, they they always gaslight you know the the little people, the American people, into believing that hey, this isn't our fault. This is just the way the economy goes. It goes up, it goes down. You know, there's nothing to really to no. do about it. This is just the way the world works, and that's not true, man. No, if absolutely. You, if, not. You, if you study the Fed, if you study and understand what the Fed is, and I'm not going to get a new Ian moment here. However, this is facts. You go look. <laughs> we it love up. you, Ian. <laughs> the whole point of the Fed is that they, when they were created, was to sit there and say that we are going to be able to prevent these collapses from happening, which they have never ever done. You can go look up through history since the Fed has been in existence since 1913. They've never been able to stop this stuff. In fact, they always make it worse. And if you guys want to uh, really find out about the Fed, um, go read a book. Uh, Creature from Jekyll Island. Creature from Jekyll Island by, who was it, it by? I don't remember his name. However, it's an amazing book. Don't be intimidated. It's a pretty thick book. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a chonker. But, man, the first chapter, your eyes are going to bleed. You're going to want to punch some holes in walls. It's very, very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a corporation, guys. We'll just leave it at that. And they're out for profit. It's a cartel. Cartel. It's Absolutely. a cartel of banks. World cartel. And as uh, our good friend Ian from the Tim Kessirel show says, uh, the um, Bank of International Settlements is uh, to blame for, for all that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you you know, well, I mean, what happened with uh, uh, Roosevelt, right? He he was the uh, monopoly buster, right? Well, what is what is the Fed? The Fed is, is a legal monopoly. That's what it is. It's, you know, a, a group of banks, um, Chase, Manhattan, um, I forget some of the other ones, but uh, uh, Bank of America, whatever. And you, I think you even like, you even have some international banks involved in there and we don't even know who they all are, mm-hmm. you know, but all of these banks come together. They, they decide, you know, the fiscal policies and people sit there and say, well, but the president gets to elect uh, a fed chairman. And it's like, okay, this would be like me going, Hey, pick one of these five cards. Well, who's giving you the five cards? I am. Yeah, you're hold, I don't you're care who all you the cards. pick. Yeah, I, I don't care who you pick. Guess what? I'm the one who's deciding, you know, you could pick any one of these because I'm the one that's providing them for you. It's probably all the same cards anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they get exponentially worse as you go from left to right or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they've just been, I mean, but but it's also incestuous, right? We see like, you know, Janet Yellen, you know, she's, you know, the, the Fed chairman now, but who is she before, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Million dollar idea. You, you ready? I'm, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to put my programming skills to the test. Little program to look at Congress stock investments, and it will help you make your stock investments based on what they're doing. What's that website that actually looks like at Nancy Pelosi's investments? And so it's actually on TikTok, and it's a bunch of TikTokers who actually have made their name and their livelihood by following the stock picks of Nancy Pelosi. For those of you who live under a rock, she's a Speaker of the House. Yeah, and it's not just her. And it's, not just her. They, they, follow, they follow a lot yeah. of other politicians in. Um, and business leaders, but mostly politicians because their financial debt um, investments are public knowledge, right, right? Through FOIA. But they follow 
her stock picks and obviously she's not going to pick something she doesn't have knowledge about inside tra- insider trading right but i think just recently because of all the all the um you know fire she's been going uh through yeah. because of that she she actually started pushing also for the leg- legislation to uh ban uh, uh, politicians from being able to well yeah you had you had these you had both, it's not gonna work. You, yeah you had both republicans and democrats making money off of the covid thing because yeah. they uh they you know bought some stock or sold some stock whatever they made money on it it was like so you know if i let me get this straight if if i work for such and such company and i know that something's about to happen that's either going to make us lose money or make money and then i give that information out to say my spouse i go to jail but nancy pelosi or and her it, husband does the the trading for her most of the time. Well, that's the right? thing, right? We're gonna we're gonna hide it in our. It doesn't matter though if it comes. If you're the one that makes the policy, right? If you're the one that makes the law, you can't invest. How are, how are you able to break the law at the same yeah. time? You can't do that. It's 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 a conflict of interest, right? So yeah, so now it's the 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 lights been shined on all of these politicians. The cockroaches are starting to scatter. We'll see though, because they get to pass. It's kind of like you know they get to make their own paychecks, you know. Oh, so. uh, I guarantee <laughs> you, they're gonna pass like this obscure law with a bunch of loopholes, and they'll still keep doing pages. it. They'll still keep doing it. They'll still tell the you know their husband, their their children about what stock picks to do, and you know they'll get a commission. Um, or it'll be put into the family trust where they all have access, you know, like Biden, Hunter, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and how is how is it that you become a? I'm sorry, uh, how is it you become a politician? You make a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, and you're multimillionaire. Explain that to me, please. Right. Yep. Explain it. Absolutely. Who was that group of TikTokers that made their life off of following their stock trades? I think it's just like <laughs> Pelosi stock tr- stock stock trades or something. I don't I don't know the exact TikTok uh, channel or anything. There's like another that, one that I they, think they started shutting them down though because <laughs> the politicians were like, "Hey, you got to freaking shut this down, TikTok. This is ridiculous." There's another one I've seen bon- Dan Bongino put out too, and it's like a whale watch or something like that. I forget what it is, mm. but it, it looks at all the politicians and looks what they're invested. in. you can actually go look it up and you can see what they invest. Yeah, you can put FOIA requests yourselves. You don't even need that. Like, they, it has to be public that what they what yeah. they invest in. So you can go find out. But it's like you know, it's like, oh, we're gonna. You know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to we're going to go after these oil and gas companies. But then all of a sudden, you know, all of these electric car companies get these government contracts. And it's like all those politicians made millions of dollars because they invested into those companies knowing that if they went after the (laughs) gas and they started uh, 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 going for batteries, stuff like that, and these companies made money, they knew that was going to happen. Yeah, like, and, and of course, if they start if they start failing, then they just push legislation to be, to bail them out. Right? No, now you have be, to buy these cars. But, yeah. but before they bail them out and the stock is dipping, they short the stock. Sure. So they make money when it goes up, when it goes down, and then they bail them out, and then they get the ride back up, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just the way. Yeah, the the, 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 the lack of morality works. in in politics. So I know a lot of people that you know they come to the United States and they're just like you know, um, I, I didn't think that politician politicians were here were corrupt, and I'm like, hey man. It's not, we're human beings, right? Uh, you know, the founders knew that people were always going to be corruptible. So they wrote the constitution and did certain things for that specific purpose. It's inevitable. It doesn't matter where you are. Power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's corruption here. And now that's not to sit there and say there aren't good people. There are good people. The problem is, is that they're out there in for a heck of a fight against all these other people that are in it for the money. Yeah. If, uh, if one of your representatives is one of the people making money, on the stock market before anyone is vote for the other person. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think it comes down to just voting in the primaries for local yep, people. Yep, right. Yep. I mean, guys, yeah. unfortunately the, the very top, it's very hard to change the way things work. You know, people are like, Oh, we got to start a third party. Levels. I don't, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think, you know, both sides will always ban to stop that from, from destroying the status quo. 
But if you vote locally and change things locally from the ground up, then, you know, things that impact you on a daily basis, like school mm-hmm. for your children, you know, your mayor, you know, zoning laws, things like that. Then I think that's what really makes a difference in everyday American lives. Um, and I mean, I, I think that really brings us into, you know, the primaries for this, for this coming year. What do you guys think is going to, it's going to happen? You guys feel the red wave is going to, is going to th- push th- these Democrats out or what? I think there's going to be a red wave. However, I am not optimistic about it because we saw this when, you know, uh, Obama was in, right? McConnell was out there screaming and crying saying, we can't do the things that we want to do until we take back Congress. So what did, what happened? Well, the Tea Party happened, right? The Tea Party went out and they were able to take back Congress. Well, you know, again, this is McConnell. We can't really do anything until we get back the Senate. So what do they do? They go out and they vote. They get the Senate back. Well, we really can't make significant changes until we get the White House. Well, eventually we vote in Trump. Now we have we have a supermajority. We, we control the Republicans control Congress. They controlled the Senate and they controlled the White House. You know what they didn't repeal? What they said the one thing they were going to repeal? Obamacare, right? Yeah, they they gutted it a little bit here and there, but they didn't actually repeal it. They didn't go after for the things that they said they did. It was just infighting. Mm-hmm. And then you had people like. Uh, um, uh, what's his name from Florida? Uh, uh, Colonel Allen West, right? Who he talked about. He's like, I got marginalized when I went in there. All of a sudden, it was just like, you know, the 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 old guard was blocking him from doing the things he wanted to do and, and to actually make change. Yeah, that's why he got out. He said, he's like, I'm not going to accomplish anything here. He's like, I got to go more local. I got to, you know, that's why he was running. He's running for uh, governor of Texas. You know, he's like, there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing to do here if you're not part of the establishment and, you know, toe the party line. And, the and first- we, we see that with, uh, what is, what's her name? Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? And, um, and her little uh, caucus. That oh, she's her story together. that she told about, about, about voting on the floor was just blew my mind. I was just, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. That's so for, disgusting. for everybody that doesn't know the way that voting in the house works is, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was kicked out of, out of her committees, um, mm-hmm. because she was, you know, not part of the establishment. And so she had free time and was like, you know what, I'm going to go on the floor of uh, the house and see, you see how uh, things are done. Mm-hmm. And she was shocked because only there was like five Democrats, five Republicans. And then she was sitting there and they were, they would just pass laws. They were like, you know, bill 286 point B yays. Can I hear the yays? And the Democrats be like, yay. Can't hear the nays. What can the nay? The yays have it. Yeah. It passes. Like, what the heck? And then so she researched the congressional law and she, and she found a, a loophole. And so yeah, time, there was no quorum. There to begin was no with. quorum, nothing. So laws just keep getting passed on a daily basis. This well, way. what did she do? Hold on. Continue on what she did. Cause that's <laughs> the best part. It's great guys. So the, what she did is she found the, um, um, it wasn't, it's not uh, a loophole. It's, it's, it's a real not, it's, it's, a, it's a real, it's a real, it's a procedural uh, it's a real procedure. Cause congressional procedure where a member of Congress can, can get up to the podium before the law, the gavel is struck mm-hmm. and the law is passed and say, I call for a recorded vote. Mm-hmm. And that means that every single Congressman is called into the chamber and they have to have their votes recorded. And, and that's why they don't like that. Right. Yeah. Because then they, go on they go on record and, and so she, she she started doing that on a daily basis and calling for a recorded vote on every single law that was trying to be passed, and the establishment, both left and right, lost. Well, that's the thing. Mind. Everybody's like she's this Republican shill, yep. whatever, blah blah. And she said that she got more pushback from the Republicans than she did from the Democrats. Yeah, and she named names. Um, if you guys want to really see what how she said it, it was on Temple, um, on Timcast IRL, and she said that you know she was called into the to the GOP, um, and pretty much you know was sat down like a little kid and was like, hey, you got to stop this, like. We, we don't want our constituents to know how we voted, right? And she's like, screw you guys. I'm yeah. going to keep doing this. And so she got a little coalition together, a couple uh, couple congressmen, 
and they take turns going down to the house and making sure that no bill is passed unless everybody's there to actually yep. do their jobs. And she, the, As the it cra- should be. The craziest thing is she said that most Congress people, most congressmen and women, aren't don't even don't even come to DC. They most of their time is is spent in their in their home state, you know, lobbying and and you know making all these you know speeches and concessions, you know. And yeah, you're just you're just always you're always on the campaign. You're always running for reelection. Yep. Um, whether you're a senator, or you're a congressman. Senate, they have a little bit more time, but um, you know that's that's a that's a big crap show in itself. But yeah, they're always just running for re-election. It's like we saw Obama when Obama was presidency. Nothing could ever stick to him because he was always technically running for election. So yep. nothing really stuck to him because oh, it's the Democrats. It's not me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's our idea: hold them accountable for for re-election. You, we don't like what you do. Well, how do you do that? And then um, make your voting record public. We will re-elect you based off your voting record. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the population, they're, they're disconnected from it, man. Most, yeah, pe- most, most of their constituents, they, all they do is they show up on, on, on voting day and they, and they check off the, the, the box, a mark, you know, D or R. Yeah, that's down all they ballot. Do. They, they don't, yeah, they, on their ballot. They, they don't care about anything. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. When I, when I was on the left, when I was a Democrat, I did the same thing. If they had a D next to their name, it didn't matter if they were running for dog catcher or whatever, I voted for them because it was, was a Democrat, right? <laughs> well, and was it, it in, in Maine uh, um, a Democratic, like, Satanist, transgender or something, like, won the election because everybody just voted for the Democrat? Or I don't know if she was Republican. Oh, what's even crazier, <laughs> out in San Francisco, they, they ousted the uh, school board, the three oh, members yeah. of the school board in San Francisco, you yeah. know? Far left. Nancy Pelosi's district. They kicked them out. You know? Yeah. I, I usually vote Republican, but my first year in West Virginia, I made it a point to read up everyone's profile. I remember coming upon Joe Manchin. I thought, hmm, Democrat in West Virginia. That must be pretty rare. rare. And I looked up his NRA rating, and he has like a B-plus in the NRA. <laughs> yeah. I thought, really? And so I, I vote for him. I think he's one of the few Democratic candidates I voted for, but... Honestly, I love Joe Manchin. Like West Virginia, so um, I'm still I'm still not a fan of Joe Manchin. Don't don't get me wrong. I think I think he he did some right things. You know, I mean, a broken clock's right. You know, twice a day. Um, but uh, e- even the Republicans. So like you know, in the state of West Virginia, you know, we we both live in West Virginia, and you have you have two senators, like every other state, but we only have three congressmen, right? All all, all the congressmen are Republican. One of our senators is Republican, and then you have Joe Manchin, which is the Democrat. Well, out of the three congressmen, two of them have some of the worst records for Republicans. Like the mm-hmm. NRA gives yeah. them like like F's and D's. You have all these liberty things. They give them F's and D's for First Amendment, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. They, they do terrible. And they, they always like vote along with the with the Democrats or they're always milk toast Republican fence sitters like Mitt Romney, who we will attack who is a member of our church, you know. But Mitt Romney, to me, is just uh, he's so freaking aggravating because I'm sorry, I, just just. Just become a Democrat. I mean, you vote Democrat. <laughs> yeah. You support Democrats. Like, but just become a Democrat. I'm sorry. Like, I, I know he's a member of the church, but like the, the beliefs and, and things that he espouses do not do, do not fall in, in conformity with what we actually believe. in. Well, and, and right? yeah. And to my point, these 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 two Republicans that, that are in the luckily not in my my area. Um, it's like just, yeah, become a become a Democrat. Go ahead and run on that. Good luck. But the thing is, is like again, Republicans are just as bad as this at this too. They'll see the R next to somebody's name, and it's like, oh, well, this person has been here long enough. We'll just keep voting for him. It's like, no, stop voting for that person. Mm-hmm. And if even if that means that we don't we don't gain that seat and we lose it to a Democrat, I'm okay with that. I'm looking for the long run. I'm not looking for the short term win. 
Yeah, because like let's say let's let's take uh, Mitt Romney, right? If he if he were to to run as Democrat, which I think he should, because you know he's mm-hmm. he's definitely not a Republican or at least an independent, yeah. you know, and 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 the base votes for that, you know, then then eventually like over the course of of his tenure, they'll see how he voted, what he's doing, the policies he's pushing, and the and the thing will change, right? People will be like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, he's not representing what we actually believe yeah. in and want. Let's let's find somebody else, right? Yep. But again, people like members of our church will see him and be like, "Oh, he's a member of the church. Obviously, he's going to believe what we believe in and vote accordingly to our beliefs and morals and you know and, and party lines that we always associate with." Yep. But again, once they get in, they don't, they care nothing about their constituents and they vote according to you know their their own profit, their own you know whatever's going to keep them in power. That's when when somebody is elected. The very the very first thing they they're thinking about is how how do I get reelected? That yeah. is always what politicians will do. Well, the politician that I'm looking for is a person who doesn't want to be the politician, right? Absolutely. It's like I'm being forced in this. I, I I really don't want to be here, but you know what? I have no other choice. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the person I want. Yep. That, you know, I don't want the and and you know what? If it's like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, I would actually rather go. It, like say for instance, me, I don't want to be a politician. However, if I was eventually forced into it, you know, I would step up to the call and I would do it. But I would be that person like, you know what? I don't want to sit on any of these seats. I'm going to sit right here and I'm just going to cause havoc. And I'm going to make you come do your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a stick in that cog and the federal government will come to a halt because you has you guys have to come in and vote and actually show your constituents how you voted for. Yeah, that's what's you know? refreshing about her and Tulsi Gabbard and what was refreshing about Trump for a while is that, you know, he didn't care about his public vote. He was just aggressive. Yeah. And uh, you may not like, I didn't care for his tweets. I didn't care for some of his demeanor. Policy wise, he was damn effective. And everyone was afraid he was going to start wars. And he's like, no, I made friends with Putin. I made friends with Kim Jong-un. Now it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. Oh, now you made friends with him. Of course he did. You want him to be enemies? Keep your friend, your enemies closer. He kept eyes on them. He, this is a man who wrote a book on making deals. He looked at them and said, here's the lines. If you cross it, I'll destroy you. And Putin never came into Ukraine when he was around. Well, getting, getting back to that, I think the main thing is like, I think people are putting way too much faith in the politics. Oh, yeah. Stop putting your I'm faith in the congressman. Stop putting your faith into this party. We're not gangs. This isn't the bloods and the crips, right? Stop putting your faith in these parties and start, you know, start from the home, right? The church talks about that all the time. You know, everything starts from the home, right? How are you living in your home? A lot of people, I actually believe, again, you know, we talk about like conservative and, and liberal and stuff like that. To me, those are just philosophies and, and whatnot. It doesn't, it's not a party affiliation. But most people, I believe, are conservative at home. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. they, they live conservative lives. They have conservative families. You know, they do things very conservatively. However, in in the social arena, they're very liberal. Okay. Um, but if you start from home, if you, if you raise your kids, right, you teach them, you know, from my perspective, it's like, if you give them a good upbringing, especially when it comes to uh, how uh, a father should be, you know, how do you treat your wife and the kids see how you treat the mother? Well then guess what? Those young boys and those young girls are going to look at the father and that's what they're going to emulate for. That's what they're going to want to become. And daughters are going to, they're going to want boyfriends and husbands like the father Uh, young boys, when they see how their mother interacts with their, with the father that they're going to look for that. But if you grow up from home, the nuclear family, you, you know, the, the, the thing that the, that group doesn't like. <laughs> the, the terrorist group? Uh, the Marxists. Uh, um, Communists, terrorists, um, uh, organization. Uh, 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 Black Lives Matter. Yeah, there you go. You but they're it. not racist. <laughs> so let's not forget about that. 
<laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it starts from home. It's like, stop looking at these politicians to save your lives. You know, stop, stop, you know, getting into these, uh, uh, political, uh, gangs and, you know, start living your life right. You know, do the right thing. Say, you know, say the truth, even if it hurts you, just do, do good in your own personal life, do good at work. Things will start to change. You'll see change. Yep. And I think Absolutely. we've been getting away from that as we become more secular, in my personal opinion, as this country becomes and this nation becomes more secular, we're starting to see our downfall. Mm -hmm. We're watching it happen right in front of us. Yeah. And and people are some people are just so disconnected that they're just willing to be like, hey, as long as as long as as long as it's not happening to me, I'm, I'm cool. You know, just leave me alone. Yeah. It's like at, at a certain point, you're going to you're going to get to, you know, it's going to it's going to it's going to be at your front doorstep. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to face reality. And, you know, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen with the economy to, to the United States in, you know, a few, few days, weeks, months, years, whatever. And, you know, the consequences of sitting back and doing nothing are, are worse than, you know, taking a little flag from, you know, your Facebook friends. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And really, is, you know, focus on your communities, focus on your state. You know, if you do that, things will be better. And then the other thing is, you know, don't be don't be tied into social media so much. I think that is one thing that is just absolutely poisoning the youth nowadays. You know, people that I personally know that are younger in my family and whatnot, I see how they grew up. And now I see how social media is just like really, you know, veered them off to a bad people direction. Selfish. That's what it does, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, you know, social media is a, it's a social experiment by corporations and, you, you know, see, government to to make you just live in your own little bubble of splits families, it splits Absolutely. families, the nuclear family is gone. Mm. I mean, that's just the way the, the world is nowadays. And you know, whether you choose to be be part of it or in it, you know, that's 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 on you. And you know, how you, how you want to you know espouse that to your to your family and kids. So yeah, there is um, uh, you as you move more towards secular, there can kind of be this loss of. What's your values that you have written in stone? You don't necessarily need religion to have that, but it seems that if you don't have a, a structured religion to help emphasize that, you can kind of lose it. And even whether you're religious or not, identifying core values and keeping to them can really increase your emotional resiliency and happiness. Uh, a book called The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. I'm not so sure how you pronounce that but he has a section on emotional resiliency and he talks about how senior values and they even have 25 scientifically determined values that are shared common among all the cultures in the world are most common. And you can take this quiz online. I think it's a BIA survey. I have to double check that. But he talks about if you have these core values that you develop, that you show, that you go out of your way to increase and actually have enough care for them to sacrifice some specs of your, of your life, to hold true to your values, you have better emotional resiliency. You're more happy despite your external situations, and uh, you can be a driving force for good. Whatever values are are you uh, are important to you, we have some core American values of of liberty, of independence, of diligence mm -hmm. that we could all share as part of American culture. And your family can have those in addition to others. And having a value based society can be a massive driving force towards calm discussions. Uh, emotional strength and uh, even like unity and driving towards a, um, a common goal. I firmly believe that almost any political structure can survive if everyone's unified. Dictatorship, Democrat, Republic, communism, it probably all could work if everyone's unified. It's just finding the political system that allows you to be unified for a longer period of time. 
I think giving people as much personal liberty as possible for as long as possible helps you be united as a group for the longest term of time. Yeah, well, we're, I think right now, though, we're, is we're losing. It, it's almost lost. Um, we, we're losing the commonalities that used to, used to uh, bind us, right? You know, we, were, we are the United States, right? Well, it's starting to, to fray. You know, uh, we're starting to see and we've seen for a long time that people are straying away from these things, these commonalities. Right. And it's like, you know, just say the basics of the Constitution. Right. That, the, you know, can we can we agree on on the First Amendment, the Second Amendment? Third? Can we agree on these things? And we're not. We're You know, people are getting away from this. Well, we need to change this or we need to change that. And unfortunately, that is going that is separating us. Um my personal opinion has always been that Americans are born all over the world because it's an idea. That's all it is. We don't, we don't share it. We don't share an ethnicity. We don't share a religion. What we share is an idea of liberty, freedom, and God we trust. You know, those, those things that used to be the glue that, that, that bound us. Now we're starting to see the fraying because those commonalities aren't there anymore. Yeah. I mean, in closing, I think, um, I think everyone's going to have to choose a side, right? I think we've talked about this in the last episode, but, you know, you know, people are going to have to decide what, what their morals and beliefs are, what their, you know, stance on, on family and, and, you know, even, even God is, um, and ultimately they're going to have to make a decision on, on whether to stand up for their, for their God given rights and for freedom, liberty, and the right to choose how to live your life or whether to, you know, give that up to you know big daddy government or whoever it is, corporate America, and, you know, let them, let them rule your life and tell you how to live it. But um, I think uh, that's that's everyone's right to choose. If you choose to do that, that's good. You know, it's up to you. But I don't think uh, infringing on other people's right to choose and decide for themselves and their families what's what's best for them is is uh, the right way to go. But um, yeah, just want to thank you guys for being here today. And um, absolutely, um, I think it was a great conversation. Uh, if any of you guys have any questions uh, about our faith, uh, beliefs, and you know anything that we've discussed today, we'd love to hear you guys. Uh, comment on it um, below and um, remember to subscribe, like, and uh, hit that smash that like button. Make sure uh, to share this with your friends and family. And if you have any topics you want uh, us to discuss, please also share that with us. Um, and once again, uh, you guys want to say anything in closing? Uh, we also got the rumble and the uh, hit the notification bell. Absolutely. Yeah. We, you can find us on uh, rumble first and foremost, obviously YouTube as well. And um, Gab um, and all these other social media platforms as well. But um, anyways, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.